Hey, welcome to a glittering celebration like no other. This is an extraordinary bonus episode of Town Hall, a Black Queer Podcast with Bob the Drag Queen and me, Peppermint. The podcast where we journey through a theme by sharing stories, music, poetry, and art of varying depth and hilarity. I mean, it is a magical time of the year, and we have decked the halls with rhinestones, tinsels, and just the right amount of sass for a holiday extravaganza dripping in glitter, honey. I mean, I love glitter. I, I mean, you know, I don't wear a lot of glitter anymore these days because it's hard to get off your face. Pro tip, by the way, if you are wearing glitter makeup, what you can do is use a little bit of um, scotch tape or masking tape to take the glitter off before you use the makeup wipe. And that way you avoid rubbing the glitter all around your face. If you're going to play in glitter, you're going to have to know how, you're going to have to prepare yourself, okay? Now, um, prepare for a sleigh ride of laughs and heartwarming stories from our town hall team, plus a couple of very special guests. Join us as we unwrap a special bonus episode of the town hall podcast that's sure to be a great gift under your virtual tree darling. In this holiday extravaganza, expect the unexpected as our town hall team shares their favorite festive moments, spill the eggnog on their most outrageous holiday outfits, and perhaps even reveal the secrets to achieving that flawless mistletoe-ready pout. Mm -mm 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 -mm. So grab some hot cocoa, cozy up by the fire, and let the Yuletide shenanigans commence. Happy holidays, darling listeners, and get ready to slay all day with the Town Hall team on this merry, bright, and extra special episode of the Town Hall podcast. Okay, so the holidays for me really changed as I got older. Nobody really, like, warns you about all that. As a kid, it was always about, like, getting a bunch of gifts and, you know, just showing up and just being showered in gifts, darling. And it is not that way anymore, honey, I'll tell you that. Uh, but now it's all about, obviously, spending time with family. I get a chance to travel home to the D.C. area, which is where a lot of my family gathers and see everybody. Everybody's much older now, obviously, than when they were when I was a child. And so now it's mostly like helping people up the stairs, helping people down the stairs, making sure they got their walker. There's a lot of that going on in the Peppermint Holiday Household. Um, and they're to the point where they're like, you're not a child anymore. Like basically only the kids get gifts, like the like young children get gifts. So, you know, it's really about like maybe going to a movie after you know, the next day and all that. It, but I do enjoy it. And, you know, I used to take that family for granted. And so now I, you know, try my best to like come home every single holiday because you never how, know how long you have left. And, um, yeah, those the 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 holidays are a lot more calm now in the house than they were when I was younger. I had all my cousins and they had their siblings and we'd be running around and yelling and having a whole like basically fight in the basement waiting for the food and then my mom and her siblings would run through the house like as adults and my grandmother used to say it sounded like a herd of elephants coming through. <laughs> you know what? The holiday meal is the same for me at Christmas as it is at Thanksgiving. It's a ha choice of ham or turkey, collard greens, uh, you know, sweet potatoes, and, um, you know, macaroni and cheese. Um, 
cranberry sauce, like homemade cranberry sauce, and also the canned cranberry sauce together. There are a, yes, choice of either, and I always use both, and they are a smashing. I love them. You need both. Um, and you know, yeah, that's that's the main dish, and then there'd be other stuff like depending on who's cooking. You know, they'll add something extra and like for the for the main dishes. Yeah, it's the same thing. Every um, thing. I'm like, I realize I'm. I don't know if this is a product of being like a child of the 80s, 70s and 80s, but like I love almost all of my food extremely well done, like so well done. I don't mind if there's like burn marks on it. And so when they. I'm not the right person to help get in charge of heating up the sweet potatoes and putting marshmallows on top because I like a black crust over top of the whole thing. And then it's like, it's crispy and you can crunch into it. I like that. I don't want no white, soft ass marshmallows. And so, yeah, you know, you don't need marshmallow. I think like, brown sugar on the sweet potatoes alone is better, but like they like, it's just special, I guess, putting the the marshmallows on there. So fine, but you better crispify them up. I, I don't have any nephews, but I do have cousins that are basically my nephews and nieces because they're young. They're like six. I'm the youngest like adult that's there. So, I mean, now I'm kind of, now that I have, I use reading glasses, I'm like, Okay, children, use your young legs to go get me something to drink from the kitchen. I'm I'm in that mode, so I'm an auntie now, officially. <laughs> I'm baby auntie. Every year, the holidays is a good time to sort of look back and, like, you know, readjust and review um, on the the moments and what they really mean and connection and all that this that happens every year but you know this year just really it's it's we're in the middle of witnessing a horrific war one of many horrific wars uh happening currently that we are, are remarkably in, involved in more than we should be considering we're currently not actually in a war um and it's 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 really it's wild to uh I'm glad we have the holidays right now because I know that people like voluntarily at least in the United States say okay let's let's agree to disagree and let's just be cordial. And so like we kind of need that because we're getting ready to go into 2024. And 2024 is going to be probably the most historic presidential run f- for many reasons. Uh for not none of them good. And so um, I'm thinking that I'm really going to try my best to like just like not focus as much, like try to keep my my brain in 2023 as my body moves into 2024 is what I'm trying to say. Um, But for those who are interested in like giving back, I, you know, it's always feels good to give back. Everybody's heard that before. I'm probably going to go down and volunteer again for Christmas, as I did for Thanksgiving, with God's Love We Deliver, which is a charity, basically. It's a it's a food service organization that provides uh, fresh, delicious, nutritious, hot meals. Well, 
fresh, delicious, nutritious meals that you heat up. Um, to uh, people who can't provide for themselves. It was started back in the early 80s during the AIDS epidemic and uh, some really courageous uh, queer women and lesbians who were obviously a part of the community were volunteering to go and drop off meals, home-cooked meals to um, AIDS patients who couldn't cook for themselves and obviously were ostracized and stigmatized in a terrible way. Um, and a lot of those people couldn't even like leave the house to do the shopping and things like that. And so then God's Love We Deliver was was birthed out of that. And they've grown and continued every year since. And so uh, when I went for Thanksgiving, we pack it, we they we cooked up and packaged um, 2,000 meals in just the two or three hours that I was there. Um, and they serve, I think, over 15,000 people who get not just a Thanksgiving meal, but like daily meals every single day uh, for for free. And they've opened up. It's not just for people with AIDS and HIV. Now it's for people who, with any like sort of diagnosis uh, or illness that makes it so that you can't, you know, cook and provide for yourself, get your own meal and food. And so people with cancer, people with other types of diagnoses, um, and so it's a feel good moment and they're only on the West, on the East coast in the New York, New York city area. Although they do serve and ship as far as like Long Island and a couple other places. But, um, if you are feeling in a giving mood and you'd like to donate to them, um, you can always find them online. We'll post the link and you can donate to God's love. We deliver, uh, thinking about food security and food insecurity during the holidays is always something that's on the top of my mind. And after you do that, folks, please go and um, share my recently posted posts. I'm trying to make a music video, Janet Jackson music video for this, uh, for the new year, for January. I don't know which one I'm going to do, but I would love the support. So please go and uh, share and support. Okay. That is my holiday story. What about you, Bob? My family, we don't have a lot of like traditions. Like we, I'm not one of those folks who's like every year we do this or every year we do that or there's this recipe. Um, we kind of just fly by the seat of our pants in the Caldwell household. But um, what I do actively remember was waking up in the mornings because I don't even. I mean, to be a parent and shout out to Charlene, our producer here who is a who's a new parent um my the the magic that you can create with kids around the holiday season and if it actually feels tangible like the magic in the air especially for a child it feels tangible and it feels real and there's a moment where like even the child is aware that we're playing make-believe like we know we're playing make-believe and we know and we know it's not real but you want to feel like it's real. And that feeling is like this shared experience you have with your parents. And even if you're trying to like catch your mom in the process, but she's so sneaky, you can't catch her. So when I was a kid, my mother used to take all of our, like there were no gifts. There were no gifts when you went to sleep. And it doesn't matter how late, it doesn't matter how late you went to sleep. There were just no gifts. And you'd wake up and the living room was overflowing. And most of the gifts were pretty cheap, like a lot of stuff from the dollar store. And then the more intense gifts would be by the tree. So it'd be like clothes, little, like those little green, um, 
army men, candy, really, really cheap stuff. And it's literally flowing over onto the couch. The, the couch and the love seat are both covered in these toys because the, the, the couch and love seat were kind of put to a corner. And then where they met, the Christmas tree was in that little square space where usually a coffee table would be or a little side table would be. And in there, I remember, was a Nintendo. Like, I remember getting the Nintendo. And I don't remember when my mom stopped doing that. But I do remember doing it for my nephew. He's he's 18 now. He'll be 18 in December by the time. So he's way too old for that now. And it was kind of just this like understood thing where it's just like we kind of just stop pretending, but you get to you get to be part of the pretending for the younger generation. Once you once you're no longer the one being tricked or being surprised, you get to be in on the surprise. And it's kind of wild when you think about the fact that our parents will like literally let this guy take credit for all their hard work. Like Santa Claus, I gave him like I was like Santa Claus is that's my motherfucking nigga. I love Santa. That's my doll. Like Santa Claus, come you come through for me every year. But it's really Martha called us my mom. But I think for her the joy is seeing me. She doesn't need the praise because she gets to see me happy. And part of me wishes that I had kids so I could do that. But the other part of me is like, but kids are drama. (laughs) I don't know if it's worth it. (laughs) So I'll just be an uncle and you get to parent from a distance. I get to come in for just the fun parts and leave when the fun's over. Shout out to all the uncles and aunts and 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 uh, non-binary whatever you would call them. I mean, I'm non-binary. I just I just use uncle. I, I have a couple holiday stories, but the one I want to tell the most, I'm like. I don't know that I should because what's traumatic to some people, I find is like my comedy, which you know what I mean. Like, people are like, "Oh, how are you so funny? How are you so funny?" It's because I was depressed at like a, a really early age. Um, so my holiday story, I think I was like, I couldn't have been more than sixteen years old, and my family. It's weird. My parents were always like really liberal and really like think for yourself. They raised us to be very independent. However, they were also like super conservative in like their religious beliefs. And I think that's just because like black, you know what I mean? Um, And so they, it was really weird having these people that raised me be like super liberal and like free thinkers, think on your own, figure it out um, and loving, but also like, we got to go to church we got to praise the Lord. Um, And so every New Year's Eve, every New Year's, every Christmas, like we'd go to church. And so this one particular year, I was like, really, really, really like, I was feeling myself. I was like, I'm 16. I'm an adult. I don't, I'm not going to church. Like you guys raised me to think for myself. I've, I've read books on Buddha, um, Buddhism at this point, like, I'm good on Christianity. So my friend was having a party and I went to my friend's party. Obviously we were turning up, like we're 16, we're going to drink. It's Christmas time. Like 
blah, 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 you know, and lo and behold, at like, so the services start late on Christmas. And my dad, I just wasn't answering my phone. My dad shows up to my friend's house and he's knocking on the door, like, where is Corey? And I'm like, this is so embarrassing. Like, everyone is turned. I'm like on my way to being turned. I'm kind of tipsy. Um, and my dad's like, it's time to go to church. I'm like, this is not cute. This is not good for my social reputation. Like, this is a buzzkill. So I end up going, I, I'm forced to go home and I'm pissed, livid, you know, I'm pouting. And then I, I get home and I get into it with my mom. I'm like, I'm not going like churches, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, what do you mean you're not going? And like, this was the first time that I, it was the, I was uh, the, the liquid courage had kicked in and I had never before, like, I had done shady shit, but not like brazen, like to my parents, like I'm not going. So I'm getting in this huge argument with my parents. My mom's like livid and yelling at me. Like she's never yelled at me before. I'm like going, and my dad's just kind of like, my dad's always very stoic. Like he's just kind of like, you know what I mean? And I'm going back and forth because I'm a lot, I'm similar with my mom, similar to my mom. So we're like, like we both have mouths on us you know what i mean and i'm drunk obviously i have to go <laughs> so i am this is the a story a christmas story about the time i was 16 years old and completely drunk in church like i just remember sitting in the in the pew like feeling so nauseous and and being drunk and being like what the fuck is like what is this who is jesus why is Jesus like just completely fucked up in church yeah that's my that's my christmas miracle of how i came to be not a christian i also grew up in church for part of my childhood we were very religious my my dad was like not religious religious at all we never went to church when we were really when i was really young um he was like we moved around a lot and he's a musician. And so I would always joke that, you know, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have school for me sorted out yet. And I wouldn't have friends yet, but my dad would have a bass player for his band. So it was just like very sort of dysfunctional. And then my grandmother passed away and on her deathbed, she was like, you need to get these kids in church. You need to come back to what really matters. And so he quit his job. Uh, he was working for Walmart at the time, um, and we were we were booming, and then we started busting because he then became unemployed and then moved us to a new state. So in this new state, like we start going to this church, and I was like always wanted to be a performer when I was young. I was always like putting plays on and doing stuff, and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna come up, go out for the Christmas the the Christmas play, and I went. And I'm like, I'm going to be married, which I don't know what the fuck I was thinking because this is a predominantly white area. So like, they're, like they're going to be progressive and be like, you're going to have a black Mary <laughs> like, with this little white Jesus, you know? Um, so I'm like, I'm going to be married. So I decided I'm, I was going to try out for it. Obviously, 
I did not get it. I think that I deserved it. I think that I was the only one that actually gave a believable performance, like really understood like the the gravity of what Mary was going through, you know, she's being uh, impregnated against her will by um, some sort of like sentient spirit being. Um, and I think that there was probably like a lot of trauma in that. And so, I mean, I remember being able to like conjure tears this is, this is kind of gross, but I've always been able to cry, like cry on demand. Um, and they were just like not having it. And so when they posted the list, I'm like, I'm going to be Mary. Obviously, I'm the only one that gave a performance. I go see my name and it says Charlene and my maiden name and then donkey. They made me a donkey. Uh, I didn't even get a speaking part and I was pissed. So like I went to my mom and was like, I, I'm the donkey. I need to have a costume. Um, and I was told I had to wear something gray. And so me being me, I'm like, I'm not going to put on like some ugly gray sweatsuit and go be donkey. You know, I'm not, I'm not trying to do that. So my mom took me to the mall and I found a crushed velvet silver set, flared legs, flared arms, buttoned down bright silver I look like a disco ball and then she made me these ears like these little donkey ears and I got her to bedazzle like the inside of them and so I was like I'm gonna be the donkey and they kept asking me like the woman that was like the director of this church play kept asking me for my costume and I knew I was gonna get in trouble if I like told her what I was wearing so I kept it hidden kept it hidden I just kept saying like oh we're, my mom's working on it my mom's working on it my mom's working on it and then she didn't see it until the day of and then the day of, I'm like all dressed. It is too late for them to get a donkey. So I'm like strolling up in my little flared bell bottoms and they're like shimmering in the light. And I see, you know, baby Jesus down there. Clearly baby Jesus is a star. He happened to be my little brother. He was there because he's he's like way lighter skinned and also hidden by the manger. So I think that was probably fine. Mary was like a little blonde, a little blonde girl. Of course she was, of course. And so I'm like, okay, I obviously need to get a photo op here. So I snuck my <laughs> way in to like right by the manger and just like the hung out the whole time in my little flared outfit. Everybody's wearing like period piece, like rags, you know, <laughs> and I'm just like in this like crushed velvet suit. Um, yeah, and that is that is my holiday story. Another fun anecdote anecdote about the holidays for me is that I did not believe in Santa as a child. My parents tried to do Santa with me. And when I was three years old, um, my parents were telling me that Santa came and I said, well, how come Santa has the same wrapping paper as you? Because my parents would always do this thing where they're like, these are from Santa and these are from us. And I was like, this don't make no sense. This doesn't make any sense. And I was three. And so that's like, you know, a big it's a big boost to my ego to be like, I didn't believe in Santa, even at three. Even at three, I know. I will say I had to think about this now that I'm a mom because I was like, oh, I'm a parent now. I got to like figure this out. Am I going to do it? And I will not be doing Santa. My child will know that everything that they got came from me and their, and, <laughs> and their dad. That's, that's it. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Came from their parents. They will be getting um, presents from us. We worked hard, <laughs> you know? 
I actually love the time in between the holidays, like the space in between like Thanksgiving and Christmas or even Christmas and New Year's because everyone is so much nicer. It is even like I worked retail for eight and a half years and you could just see the switch in like customers just being like so lovely, so sweet. And I'm like, can you just hold on to this? Like after Christmas, please, like, please just hold on to this. Um, and everyone's just nicer and warmer. And it feels such like a, a, I don't know, a moment where we all should feel this way all the time and we should all be loving and caring. But like those few days in between where it feels like time is like standing still, it's because everyone's not probably nicer and more appreciative of each other. You know, I like that moment. Well, it's different now as I've gotten older, but as a kid, it was very family oriented and it was like, I'm I'm Mexican, um, so like it's a lot of family. And our our big tradition is um, you stay up late on Christmas Eve and then at midnight is when you start opening the presents. And because there were so many of us, it would take hours every time. And we'd like be home by like 3 a.m. And then just like exhausted. And then you just like hang out all day on Christmas, you sleep in. And then we all would go back to my grandma's house and like just eat. But like Christmas day was always like, you do nothing, you show up in sweats. So like when people have like Christmas dinner or like do anything traditional, I like, I'm so confused. Or like for us for Thanksgiving, it was always like, you show up when you show up with your dish. Like it wasn't like a planned setting. We tr like tried it, but it never worked every year. So like sometimes my aunt will send my cousin and be like, okay, here's the potatoes. Then they'd run back home to finish getting ready. So like you would never eat a full meal at the exact same time as everyone. And so one year, as I've gotten older, I've kind of spent more of the holidays with my chosen family. And one year for Thanksgiving, and normally I'm just kind of like floating around or I go to the movies or something. But my white friend invited me to his white family's Thanksgiving. And it was like very, like everyone brought a dish. They had it all displayed on a table. And like everyone was like, oh, I made this, I made that. And like we all went around and like put food on our plate. And it was just like very traditional. And I was like, Oh, I hate this. Like I was no, because I was like, I would rather like, I don't know, it felt so like forced. And it's just like, I don't know, it just was like not it felt like too formal also. And I was just like, oh, thank God they're not making me go around the table and say what I'm thankful for. Cause like I just think like, it's so uncomfortable. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm the, I don't know anyone else except like three people. But um, I don't know. I like the chaos of it at the same time. But yeah, as I've gotten older, I've kind of spent the holidays more by myself and not for like, like a lot of people think like, oh, is it because like you have family stuff and like things like that. And it's like, no, I just really love myself. And I like spending time with myself. And I also love like Los Angeles during the holidays because it's empty and everyone's gone. So like I can go anywhere very quickly and other places are empty. Like I have no issues like staying in and smoking weed and watching movies, which is what I did for Christmas last year. Um, sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't. I'll plan ahead and I'll go to the store and buy like foods that I like and then I'll have it ready for the next day. So I'm like, oh, I don't need to leave the house. I have no responsibilities. This is lovely. Like I'd rather do that than like spend it with some of my family members but I will say I have two nephews and they're young and so like buying stuff for them is always a treat because it's just like seeing a kid open something a kid that obviously like I love and care about <laughs> opening the gift that they wanted is always like such such a blast to see and so exciting for them 
my name is Sydney Rogers, aka Miss Barbecue. My pronouns are she and her. I was around 10 years old, a little black, plump, gay kid. And every year, my mom would make Christmas cookies because we were very, very poor. So we would make Christmas cookies homemade from scratch and give them around to the neighborhood. And um, as we were making the Christmas cookies, my mom had flour um, up on the counter. Now, growing up Black, we had different kinds of flour. We had the pork chop flour, the fish flour, and the chicken flour with the different seasonings. And when we were making the Christmas cookies, my mom said, baby, go over there and get me two cups of flour and put it and put it in the in the cookie batter. And I said, okay, mama. And I ran over and put the put the put the flour in the seasoning. I mean, we put the flour in the batter and we made the cookies. And the cookies smelled delicious. And we were we were putting them putting them in the in the tins. And we always got the tins that um we collected over the over the years of those um Danish Danish tins, the blue tins. So we had a whole bunch of those Danish tins and um we put the cookies in the tins and my little sister, because I'm the oldest of six, my little sister ran off around the corner to this Filipino people that lived around the corner and ran off with the thing of tins already. And then my mom bit into the cookie and she said, where did you get that flour from? And I said, I got it from over there. She goes, where did you get that flour from? And I said, I got it from over there. She goes, eat this, taste this cookie. And she looked at me, you know how your mama has those eyes when, when you go into the grocery store and you cutting up and she has those kind eyes, but then she has those mama eyes. And she said, eat this, taste this. And I bit into the cookie and you're supposed to taste chocolate and, 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 and sweetness. And I bit into that cookie and I tasted paprika and I tasted pepper and I tasted garlic and I tasted, and I tasted seasoned salt. And she said, where did you get that flour from? And I said, I got it from that first can. She goes, that's not the flour I was supposed, you're supposed to get it from. That's the pork chop flour. So, <laughs> so I had gotten, I had gotten two scoops from the pork chop flour and put it in. And my sister came running home. And she said, and she said, she said, she said, that family around the corner, they love those cookies. They thought those were the best cookies ever. My mama said, you know, we're going to scoop up the rest of these cookies and we're going to put them in these tins. We're going to give all those cookies over to that family around the corner then. So she she gave the rest of, she gave the rest of those cookies to the Filipino family around the corner and they ate all those cookies up. And she looked at me, she said, you are never, ever to help me make help me make no make no cookies no more. And I said, Mom, I made a mistake. She goes, that was a Christmas mistake. No more cookie, no more cookie helping for you. From now on, you help with the turkey and the ham. And that's it. It was shake and bake cookies. That was like that and and, and that, I made that mistake when I was 10 years old and to this day, she still wouldn't let me. She played, she passed away last year, right? But until and, and until she passed away, she never let me live that. She called them pork chop cookies. 
she she always goes, remember that time you made those pork chop cookies? I'm like, mom, that was just one mistake. She goes, she goes, you never make that mistake again, would you? I was like, no, never make, never got the opportunity again. Never had the opportunity again. It's the same thing with the bacon grease and the and the fish grease and the pork chop grease. Do you ever mix those greases up? No, never, ever, ever, ever. You never mix those greases up. Don't mix up the flour either. Do not pour them in the wrong ones because if you did, that's it. That was it, right? <laughs> there's there's this gay couple that I um, do my Christmas Eve with. I've been doing it for the last 11 years. We go and they make everything from scratch. Nothing is store-bought. The only store-bought thing we might bring is a patty LaBelle's pie. You ain't had a pie till you had a patty pie, honey. Oh Lord, a patty, a patty LaBelle sweet potato pie. Now, now I'm picky about my pies, right? Cause my, my mama only made a sweet potato pie until Patty, patty LaBelle came, came out with these pies, this line of pies and her sweet potato pie. You cut into that pie. You only need a slice because your diabetes is going to go off the roof, right? <laughs> so you only need a sliver and you ain't even supposed to be eating that. And the people who know, know, right? You ain't even supposed to be eating that. You better drink some water. You better drink some water. You better drink some water with that with that piece of pie. But Patty Bell done come out with these patty pies, honey. And you, you slice a sliver of that pie and you better eat the crust because the crust is bomb. You, you slice a sliver with that pie. You better order those pies ahead of time too. Woo! You, eat, you say sliver those, sliver those Patty LaBelle pies, right? Right, you order you order one for the family and one for yourself, and you keep it in the trunk. Don't even bring it in the house. Don't even bring it in the house. Right, you take a slice, <laughs> take a slice of that pie, and you just go in the corner somewhere, go in the corner somewhere, and watch you some BET and just eat it. Right, eat it. You don't even need you don't even need no whipped cream, no Cool Whip. You don't need no ice cream with it. Again, the diabetes. You don't even need none of that. And you just eat it slow. You're going to want to eat it fast. Just eat it slow. Yeah, I'm doing that. And then and then on Christmas Day, I go I go with a bunch of trans and non-binary people. And we have a feast. And we actually put on a little show at like 5 o'clock. Like we eat from 12 to 4. And then when we get all full and people get a little drunk. And right, and, and we put on a little show where we we do a little poetry and singing, and we have a pole in one of their places. So there's a little pole, pole dance. Yes, that's that's, and that's usually my whole Christmas. You know, um, I I do love the holiday season, and I have celebrated Hanukkah. My partner's Jewish. I've celebrated Christmas, and I have celebrated Kwanzaa. And if you play your cards right and the calendars line up, it's a nonstop holiday because Kwanzaa can go right, Hanukkah can go right into Christmas. And then as soon as Christmas is over, it goes right into Kwanzaa. And then the new year, you just get the bing, bang, boom, them. You know what I mean? Um, and it, it, I just think it is, and, but also I know there's a lot of people who have a lot of like, a lot of trauma around the holidays. Like the holidays can bring up like, being alone is one thing. If, you ever, if you've never been alone on Christmas, I don't wish it on anyone being alone for a holiday is pretty tough. It feels really, uh, it just feels wrong for me. It just feels wrong to be alone for a holiday. 
even I was recently abroad for Thanksgiving, and I don't even fuck with Thanksgiving like that because because of colonization. Um, but even then, because of my socialization as an American, I was like, fuck, I'm just like kind of working on Thanksgiving. This is crazy. Like we're not eating turkey or none, you know. So I like to try to take the stuff from the holidays that makes me feel good, and 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 keep that with me, as opposed to the negative parts, you know. So happy holidays to you all. Happy Hanukkah, a Merry Christmas, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy New Year, um, Light Day, and any other um, Yuletide holidays that I may have missed out on. Happy holidays, everyone. And there you have it. Our holiday extravaganza has come to a close, leaving behind a trail of laughter, love, and enough holiday spirit to last until next season. Maybe Cher will release another. Maybe okay, Cher did the album this year. Maybe next year, like, I don't know. Another diva's going to. Maybe Cindy Lauper. Maybe, uh, maybe, maybe, um, maybe Dionne Warwick. Maybe Patti LaBelle will drop. A, a, another Christmas gem on us? Who knows? Who knows? Speaking of our season three, uh, our debut is set to air during Black History Month, February 7th. And we at Town Hall, a Black Queer podcast, are so excited to bring you another season. So thank you so much for your support and your listenership. Please don't forget to share this very episode and this entire, both seasons, darling. We love the support. Happy holidays. Special thanks to our production team, Charlene Westbrook, Corey Nixon, Tracy Marquez, Amelia Rittaller, and Music by Lefebvre.